listening to the cannabis hangout two girls one bowl and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana my name is brandon and my name is saba we will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people sharing stories from medical marijuana patients and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths so we invite you to come roll with us while while we break break it all down. down everyone welcome back to another episode i'm brandon and i'm saba and we are your host of the cannabis hangout and on today's episode we invited our friend alex ritter with hermetic flower company back on the podcast and if you want to you can go back and listen to episode 73 whenever we first interviewed him and it was really one of our favorite conversations with that being said we're going to discuss what pheno hunting is and what that process looks like so welcome back alex it's Great to be back. It is great to have you, Alex. We are so happy. Um, thank you for taking out of your time out of your day to be with us and enlighten us and our listeners and educate us. But before we dive in, will you please give us a quick rundown for those who lis- are listening, who you are and what you do? Okay, yeah. I'm Alex, and I'm the owner of the Hermetic Flower Company, and I uh, own and operate uh, a vertically... Uh, Awesome. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and for those who who don't know what a what a vertical cultivation style is, it's I grow in in racks that is a tier system. Uh, and I utilize the hermetic philosophy as the base foundation for everything that we do. It's really cool. We Brandon and I got to see it last month and it was a beautiful operation. We've it not was. seen one one like it before. No. My favorite thing was that you grew other plants within the cannabis like that was my favorite thing it was so beautiful to see because again we have not seen that before cover crop cover crop loved it cover or com- crop or companion plants if companion, you plants, yes. companion plants yes companion plants that's like, like that word buddy buddies yeah friends and they feed off of one another they sure do love that so cool that is cool <laughs> all right so let's dive in let's start with your definition of what pheno hunting is for those listening and who don't know okay so, pheno hunting to us is going to be hunting down the most superior uh, physical attributes that the plant possesses um, within its specific phenotype. Okay. okay. So, uh, that's what that means. Um, but what, what, what you do is it's a process of uh, observation, really um and you follow the plant through its whole life cycle and you will have numbers so are you familiar with like when a cultivar say for instance the amalfitana that i just grew and hunted mm-hmm. we're gonna keep number 10 have you ever seen the numbers yes. next to it when you're when you're going to the dispensary to purchase something yes okay so that's gonna be the pheno number that was selected okay and the way that it gets that number is by it being a seed. So usually you get 10 seeds in one pack. So say you, you pop two packs for a hunt, you'll number each seed 1 through 20 or 21. 
Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, that mm-hmm. does. That's interesting. Yes. So, and you'll start off and you'll be pheno hunting and maybe you want to keep some males or maybe you want to get rid of all your males. In this instance, or for me, uh, we're in a commercial setting where we focus on, you know, female cultivation, right? So I want to get rid of all the males. So the moment I see a male, uh, I get rid of it. And it's the male's job to start showing signs. Um, Sometimes we'll go ahead and and do like a a, a semi-light flip when the plant reaches about 12 inches or a foot uh, just to sex it. And we'll wait about three weeks and usually all the plants are showing signs uh, of sex. And at that point is when we pull them back and get them underneath vegging light uh, and and sort of kick them back into a vegetative state uh, where they're large enough to take clones off of. And then so they're keeping these numbers the whole way through. Okay. That's a good explanation. That is a great Very explanation. Detailed. So where did your pheno hunting journey begin? And do you remember the first one that you hunted? Yeah, I sure do. Tell us about <laughs> Tell it. Us about okay, <laughs> so the first pheno hunt I ever did was at Gnome Grown Organics. And it's the first time I ever really uh, was a part of, you know, the whole process start to finish. And they are who pretty much taught me how to pheno hunt. Okay. And the first cultivar I ever hunted was their sour sage number 11. Sour Never sage forget. number 11. Yeah. What was the smoke like? Amazing. It was funky, kind of like the ice cream cake. Okay. Um, really heavy funk to it. Not much of a, uh, you know, uh, hmm. no fruity notes or anything like that. Uh, and the reason that I'm, I'm saying that is because I recently just hunted my own sour sage. Nice. Okay. And uh, it's got some, like, heavy limamine in there. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Like, it's super gassy, but it's not mm. what I remember yeah. as my first, which is what I was That's cool, though. For. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Okay. So what's been the most unique pheno that you've hunted and maybe one that you're most proud of? Uh, I w- the cherry thin mint is uh, the one I'm most proud of just because that was part of our first run of mm-hmm. pheno hunting here in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was by, by myself with, with Jeremy without any of our mentors, so that was kind of like a huge yeah. deal. And um, we selected the keeper that you've seen mm-hmm. on, on the market uh, pretty quickly um, just due to space. Yeah. So it was kind of one of those things like, holy shit, that was a good snag. That's tight. Um, it's cool yeah, when so stuff just happens one. organically like mm-hmm. that. Truly. Yeah. That's the best. Truly. We actually try to mimic that now because <laughs> we still have no space for anything. Yeah. But we kind of go off of that first, uh, how we chose, and, and, and Black Cherry Jelly was also a part of that first uh, pheno hunt as well as Mastermind. I remember the mastermind. Yes. Yeah. That one was a really I remember that one. So yeah. we mastermind we remember you one. telling us stories about um seeds that you acquired or were gifted to at certain points, I think yeah. in the first episode we did with you. Uh, do you have a strain that you still grow that's from one of these that you were gifted? And if you have a, like a story behind the gifted part, tell us. Well, I mean the mastermind yeah. and the wizard shit are both from that story i believe okay the one that i told which would be the, the bag seed. yeah from okay. yes yeah okay okay, so, okay yeah i had some seeds given to me i had like three seeds given to me from a buddy there that was 
dating locals. Okay. And acquiring, you know, certain things, you know. Uh, <laughs> not to name names, but uh, some seeds. As I'm leaving, he's like, I would love to give you these seeds. And I'm like, well, what are they? And like, I have no idea. Like, okay. Well, Let's see. I'm gonna, and I knew I was going to go grow weed, so mm-hmm. uh, I kept them. And, and luckily, they... Did something. That's yeah. so cool. I know that yeah. is really freaking cool. It's awesome. So, are you running anything right now? The mastermind the and mastermind. then the wizard shit. You yep. said okay, very cool. Mastermind is wow is coming out in this in a few months. Oh. Why is a it month. spelled M E Y N? So mine is my old mentor's last name. Oh, Chris Mine. So that's, that's who cool. I named the mastermind that's after. Wow, that's cool. That's special. Yeah. It's really cool. I love that you give so much gratitude and so much love and like respect where it's due and it it shows in the growing and like even you naming that after, you know, a mentor like that is so beautiful. I think that's mm-hmm. so cool and it just Thank adds you. to the person personable feel of your flower. Thank it you makes it more much. personal, you know, and I feel like that's what you want as a grower. You don't I mean, yes, you want to heal people and all the things, but you also want to make it personal to them. Which I think is cool. Yeah, Tells a story. It's special. Yeah, I'll do a good job at that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and even if it's not special to anyone but me, I think it's still like awesome. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, it's so really fucking like, cool. It's just kind of more if people it doesn't hurt like your feelings. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and if people like it, I'm just more jazzed about it. Yeah, like, oh, that's awesome. You yeah, know? Like, you get it. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I already uh, liked it no matter yeah. what. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yes, of course. That. So obviously, every grower is different, but pheno hunting. Help create helps create unique strains to growers. So, how long does it take for a strain to be created? Uh, <laughs> I know that's a very it might okay, be a difficult well, question um, or a complex one. Yeah, let's start with. The, okay, so created could mean a bunch of things. So, from you know seed <laughs> to commercial mm-hmm. run takes about six to nine months, depending on. How far you want to take it? Wow. Now, to create a strain is different because then we're going to talk about, like, breeding and stuff, mm-hmm. which could take years to okay. really dial in what you're looking for mm-hmm. and something that is of commercial value since we're not in the garage yeah. phase anymore, right? <laughs> yes. So that process would be take quite a bit longer from mm-hmm. my perspective. Okay. This whole process where we're just pheno hunting mm-hmm. and, and it's already it, it's a, a cultivar that's already named and you're picking Got it. Okay. Breeder, yeah. I would say six to nine months. Okay. You run it twice, Mm -hmm. really get a feel for it, and then clone it, and that's going to take two months to really get a great big mom that you can get out of that. Okay. Right? And then you run a small batch of it commercially, Mm -hmm. see how it does, and then you keep it on the back burner, and if it does really well, Mm -hmm. then you run multiple moms of it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then... Running multiple moms, does that make it multiple pheno, like multiple other phenos? No. No. Same pheno. Same pheno. Same pheno. So that wouldn't be the number situation where it'd be like a number. Those would be the seeds. Exactly. Okay, cool. You're I'm only, following. The I'm only following. time, yes. You get it. You yeah, get it. The I get it. The only time you change the number is from seed. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah. It's good to know. can get confusing. I'm absorbing. Yeah. yeah. Numbers. <laughs> it can get difficult. <laughs> 
Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, Saab, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. So, okay, but then there's another thing that's important there, right? So you've heard of the white truffle. Yes. Right, which I... Showed you guys today. Yes, mm-hmm. what we were thinking. <laughs> yes. we <love> <laughs> well, it has another name, and it's gorilla butter. Now, the only reason it's called white truffle is because the the hunter who hunted the original gorilla butters found this one expression mm-hmm. of gorilla butter that he dubbed white truffle, and the white truffle is the cut name. Okay, Got similar it. to our Malfitana number mm-hmm. ten. Well, I let Matt hunt that one, and so at the farm we call it Matt's Margarita. But we're not <laughs> going to cool. s- we're not going to sell it as no. Matt's Margarita. You, yeah. You know what I'm yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there's so there, there's that sort of thing to kind of pay attention to as well. So like Burner's cookies mm-hmm. is Girl Scout cookies, also. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just different yeah. expressions. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's just like oh. it's like having different female. names for cannabis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like nicknames, almost like nicknames. Yeah, like exactly. when people say chronic weed, all these different things, right? Ish, yeah. ish, yeah, ish. It, more specific, very, yeah. More, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would agree. Yeah. So when you purchase cannabis seeds of a particular strain, and each seed contains like a different genetic makeup, what unique traits do you look for whenever you're pheno hunting? Okay, so in a commercial setting, I'm looking for. First of all, stretch. So, okay, so we've already sexed everything, and now we're at a point where we're actually hunting, and it's just female plants. Um, I'm going to look for stretch and veg. I'm going to look for internodal spacing, all these signs before they, the plant starts to bud. Does that make sense? Yes. Because usually that's a good indication if, if the plant really stretches uh, properly and it veges really well. Um, usually that's going to be a rigor, rigorous plant. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the first three weeks, that's kind of what I'm looking for. And okay. I'm doing stem rubs. And so a stem rub is going to just briefly give me a slight scent. And usually if it's going to be something with a higher terpene percentage, by week three, it will be throwing off a smell. Wow. Mm. And so, uh, if it doesn't do if it doesn't do that, I'll probably wait another two weeks for for little bud sites uh, to develop, yeah. um, pull them off, and give them a smell. And if there's not much going on there, I I usually kill plants at that point. Okay. Um, okay. And to make it past that point, we're talking about week four or five ish. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to start to look for trichome production. Okay. Are we still stretching the Node spacing still, how the bud sites are developing. Um, if they're developing wonky, I'm probably going to throw it out. 
Uh, if there's any signs of uh, leaf mutations early on, I'm probably going to throw it out. It's like, who's uh, the greatest contestant yeah. of this? Yeah. Yeah. It, it wow. like, yeah. It's really, you know, yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you have really have to practice you know, non-attachment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I f- Which I f- is hard to do whenever yeah. you're, like, growing and waiting, We, you know, like, time yeah, and energy in. and love. Lots of time. Lots of time. time. Yeah. yeah. And to, right. like, snip it so fast, it's, like, kind of like a dagger. Like oh, little yeah. daggers. Yes, it sucks. Yeah. But you get one that you really like and you're so attached to it. Yes. And you get to that point where you're like judging it and you're seeing everything else around it and you're like, dang. Yeah. I'm going to have to throw all that out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that it sucks. But yeah. that's why you, when, you know, having a high standard for this yes. thing really comes in handy. And it yeah. really does make make a difference if how you choose your cultivars to run in your facility. Yeah, I mean that's real, right? Yeah. Wow, so much. Saying it good, yeah. Saying it good, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alex, you own a business and pour a lot of passion and knowledge into it, and it definitely reflects. What would you say is the most fun, rewarding part of the process of choosing different seeds in order to fulfill your vision? Um. I look at it like they choose us because, like I said, you get attached and, yes. um, and yeah. you want that to be it. Mm-hmm. But really what comes through is what's whatever you are doing to provide for it. Uh, and, you, you know, does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, and if right. it wants to keep you as its owner or I, not. I really believe that. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I what mean, energy you're coming in with yes. and is that, are you How, vibing with that plan if, if it – Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I feel that. And I feel like a lot of our friends who are in tune with growing and really do well have all said that energy matters and they really feed off of what you come in with and they change very fast based on what you come in with and how you act around them, which is crazy because, you know, you think just a plant, but it really is crazy how fast cannabis like changes, like children reacts so fast. Cool. <laughs> it's you know high thoughts, yeah. but like real. It's a real conscious shit. entity. Yeah, very and, much so. And I mean, it's a philosophical argument mm-hmm. that pe- people still have to this day in science. Right? Is mm-hmm. like, uh, are they conscious? Can yeah. they feel? You know, there's hundred percent they can. There. Yeah, oh, I feel yeah. like they can. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally. I remember growing up, my mom used to say, "Don't mess with plants and trees at night, and try not to walk in the grass because they're sleeping and you're disrupting them." Damn, that's heavy. I know. <laughs> I remember I, I've grown up with that. So like at night, like it makes me really uncomfortable when I see people like fuck with trees and stuff. I'm like, don't do yeah. that. Like that's, that's, it's, it's almost like a bad omen type thing. Not that it is, but like in my no, mind, it's just it. like, you don't do that. You don't fuck with that. It's just like bad energy. So wow. for those listening, don't do that. <laughs> Seriously. Don't and yeah. walk on the grass. <laughs> yeah. Give trees hugs. Yeah. But not at night. Not at night. <laughs> Not at night. <laughs> yeah, real shit. <laughs> no, totally. I there's a lot of myths out there. Yeah. Of, you know, like particularly with the Native Americans and corn, uh, and it's like wild. I mean, well, it's one they, of them. They, well, <laughs> since you brought it up, <laughs> yeah, Alex. I know. Go ahead. Like the, corn, the corn spirits like used to communicate with the Native Americans, letting them know when things were coming, and then they would communicate with each other through these chemical signatures. And other plants do wow. this too. You know, they let mm-hmm. yeah. people know that they're coming, and it's like a whole. You're disrupting the corn spirit, you know? Like, it's not yeah, just, like, yeah. it's it's multiple layers of, of corn plants yeah. 
like as individuals, mm-hmm. but also as like one whole entity, and you're disrupting yeah. that shit, you know? And yeah, like yeah. Communicating I mean, them. it's a respect thing, really. It yeah. comes it, down to it. It tracks with what you were saying. Yeah. Well, you know, like ayahuasca. The way that, that that ayahuasca came about is like the shamans were told by the spirits of the jungle, like what plants to put together, because there's so many different mm-hmm. combinations of plants to put together in the Amazon. They're like. How right. how, yeah. how, how did you do that? And, yeah. and they legitimately say, you know, like this, the, the spirits of the plants. Yeah, yeah. I find that fa- I find like, like the Amazon, the shamans, what, you know, fascinating. Yeah. It's my sister's been to a couple shamans, and she's told me some really really beautiful stories. They're conscious entities, very much so. Yeah, yeah. that's a whole nother conversation. Too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, would you say the pheno hunting process is just a trial and error process to an extent? Or is that what you're doing the like the majority of the time you feel like? Uh to a certain extent. Yeah. Um I would say we're just more observing whatever they're doing to with like with a high magnitude. Mm-hmm. And we are doing a lot of judging during that process. Um the really the trial and error comes when it's when it's like, you know, is it mold resistant? Is it pest resistant? And some of those things come with, you know, time. Right. Sometimes people like to throw plants outside. And if they're an indoor grower, they like to throw plants outside and see how it does outside and, like, see how if any pests come and, mm-hmm. and you know, bother it or what, whatever it's attracting, you know. They like to test things A like that. A lot of observation. Yeah. Correct, yeah. yeah. That's more the trial and, and, and error sort of yeah. thing there. Because yeah. people do, like, if you're that. breeding, you're going to go – that far okay um but also like in a commercial setting if you see mold pop up that you know if that plant is susceptible to that then you should take note of that yes (laughs) absolutely so where where does cloning come into play okay so cloning is how you replicate uh the mother plant um so that you are able to run multiple plants so cloning is how you keep genetics alive um as best you can yeah right. over an extended period of time does that make sense yes yes okay. sure makes sense yeah. <laughs> um so what about the amount of seeds so you said 10 okay. seeds come in a package yes. right so do you recommend planting all of the seeds or is it more like a whatever you want like you plant some to see how it goes and then you save a couple maybe for like a rainy day or mm-hmm. something like how does that work if you're a home grower, you can pop like a few seeds and you can afford to get by and, you know, your, mm-hmm. your life doesn't depend on that growth. Yeah. I would say, you know, take it a couple at a time and, and take it slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, commercial setting, you're going to want to be looking for unicorns. So you're going to do all of them? All yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. Every single one. And and we wouldn't even purchase under 20. Okay. Okay. Wow. So, Wow. So then increases your risk. Yeah. So within Uh 20 seeds, let's say like, has there been a time where you've loved multiple, like two or three? Yes. And then within those, did you have to decide between the three? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. And they all like, did they all grow really great? Yeah. Okay. So then like, how do you, how do you go through the process of elimination? Uh, (laughs) That is, that's the real question I want to know. It all comes down to the smoke. Um, yeah okay okay how are are they all smoking yeah uh again usually it comes down to does it smoke well and does it veg well 
Okay. Yes. When it like, and we have three Sunday drivers right now that we just can't decide. Oh, let us know <laughs> if you need helpers. Of course, yeah. Welcome yeah. help. <laughs> Outside opinions. <laughs> we'll need we'll need that in a couple of weeks for sure. So, does it ever get stressful to you, or do you feel like it's always fun? And how do you manage from like finding the seeds and everything that entails, along with like managing the grow and your tribe, who's taking care of it, and business owner things? It's fun for me, yeah, to pheno hunt. Yeah. Um, okay. Your favorite part? Maybe not so much for the guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite part. Yeah, I would say so. I would say pheno hunting is, is my favorite part. Mm-hmm. And then also my next favorite part is putting together the canopy for flower. Okay. Because it's a puzzle and it can be really challenging. Mm. And that's just super yes. fun. And you like that? Yeah. 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 That's good for you. And it, it's cool to watch it come. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm trying to predict where everything's yeah. going to be at and that sort of thing, like right. swollen, you know? Yeah. Uh, so to watch it come into fruition later on is, like, really cool and yeah. rewarding. It's uh, like, how well can you figure out your plants? Yeah, exactly. How well, How in tune with them are you? Exactly. Which is a great feeling to know that you are pretty in tune with your plants. Exactly. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a communication, you know? Yeah, it, absolutely. It really is. I think so. I mean, yeah, it just goes right back to respect. Like, right, you respect totally. them, and they'll respect you and grow the way you want them to grow. Totally. Mm-hmm. And you that. just tell them in your mind. You're like, hey, look, I'm going to cut right here, and it's okay, and let me show you why I think it's okay. Yeah. Kind of, like, visualize, you know? Yeah. And it helps you, it, and, it, and I feel like it's meditation at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it awesome. Is. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. I know. I love to hear that. So, Alex, when we came to you, you let us all pick seeds to give to you. Mm-hmm. Tell us what's <laughs> happening with those seeds and what are you guys going to do with them? Asking because I've thought about it frequently since we <laughs> left. Yeah. So as soon as uh, we get done with this, with that grouping that you saw mm-hmm. while you were there, that little handful that we're hunting right now, we'll go ahead and pop those and yes. get them going. I hope mine does well. <laughs> I'm you, hoping. You have to come back. Uh, and give energy. I have to give her my energy. Yep. Exactly. That's cool. Got to walk with them. <laughs> I think you wrote it on the board, right? What one we picked? Yeah, it's okay, on the good. board. I, I don't know from memory. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. I don't <laughs> remember do either. I'd be yeah. So I would too. Don't be sorry at all. <laughs> that's why we write it on the board. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That. That's what it's for. <laughs> so do you have any advice for anyone who's interested in becoming a grower or going on a pheno hunting journey of their own? Yeah. Um, if you're a home grower, I'd suggest doing a lot of research uh, into the proper breeding company and, and seed bank mm-hmm. um, because where, where you choose your genetics really matters. Uh, and that goes for commercials too. Like yeah. where you're getting your seeds really matters. Don't cut corners on that. Um, and if you are going to pheno hunt, make sure you know what you're looking for and set a standard. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to come from smoking people's flour and trying a lot of product and, Seeing what they're doing and, yeah. and kind of mimicking that because mm-hmm. that's what we got right now. Right, yeah. it's a, we're pioneering a brand new industry, uh, even though it's an old thing. Right, right. right. Uh, it's a, has a lot of new trends, and we it's need evolving. to navigate yes. those with standards. And, right, and you know, at least having a little bit of a standard. Yeah. So yeah. on the to flip the side on that on the patient front, do you have any advice for? Because we we. We'll have patients listening to this, and pheno hunting may not be something that they knew. Like, you could have 
three different strains of GMO in front of you and all three of them could do completely different things. Um, do you have any advice for patients on that front? Yes. Um, and, I, and I know people aren't going to agree with me with this, but, and it's okay. But as a patient, I feel it's very important to attach yourself to a grower and their methods. Um, and usually they will consistently produce things that you enjoy based on the way you feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if you find things that are, you know, within your medical mm-hmm. benefit mm-hmm. and they help and that's, you know, the entourage effect says it helps and that helps you, by all means, you know, attach yourself to that cultivar mm-hmm. um, and see for yourself the yeah. consistencies behind it. And if you find inconsistencies between cultivars, go to the grower that you like and make sure that yeah. you support them. The relationship yeah. is important. Yes. Yeah, yes. and I think that's great advice, yeah, really. It really is. Yeah. Because I feel like people sometimes will go to dispensaries and try a multitude of things and then not remember what grower they tried it from and they'll really like it, but they won't go make an effort to explore further as to yeah. who is growing their stuff and why they like it. And I think that's really important, especially for people like you and other you know, growers that are doing it right and helping our community to help give them the win, like push them forward instead of these big corporations, I feel like, that are getting in the game for not necessarily the best reasons. Yeah, and you can feel the difference, right? Yes, you absolutely can feel the difference. you can. So why not support what you, the, the difference? Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's real. Hell it's, yeah. It's kind of silly when you think about it because it's like, well, it's the cheapest. Well, don't. Don't do that because of yeah. that. There are places that sell boutique budget flour. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and it's just about doing the research to mm-hmm. find those. And again, yeah. I really feel like that comes down to finding that farmer, mm-hmm. finding that brand that you know is consistent yeah. and really gets you to where you feel. One to it's feel. true. Yeah. So tell the people what you're pheno hunting at the moment. Are you? What are you doing? <laughs> okay. Tell us. There's a, yeah. there's a really cool one right now. It's called Punch Out. Um, I don't like the name. Punch Out 22. Uh, it's a Tropicana Cookies Backcross 2, which means, okay, a backcross is when you take a, a Tropicana Cookies mm-hmm. and you cross it back on itself with the same wow. genetic makeup. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's just to create a stronger... So you're just times twoing it, essentially. Exactly. Yep. Okay. For a double effect. Boom. Wow. Boom. Just trying to, <laughs> just just trying to make those genetics stronger. Okay. Is basically what, or stable is what the, yeah. the, the verbiage. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Punch out twenty two. It's purple. It's really dark purple. I've never seen a dark purple that smells like grape Ooh. before. Uh, so it's kind of excited. exciting. That is exciting. Uh, that is very but yeah, exciting. Oh, it's a it's a Tropicana cookies back cross two uh-huh. crossed with Tropicana punch. Oh and it wow! It smells like grape and it's awesome. Wow, wow. I love grape. I know. Period. Anything that has that yeah. hint, that scent of it, it makes my mouth water. Yeah, it's good. That's awesome. Well, I think this wraps up today's episode. Alex, would you like to yeah. add anything before we hop off? No, I'm good. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me yeah, on again. Thank you for yeah, sharing for being all the information yeah, and knowledge with us. We appreciate you. Yeah, of course. I thank you, you to guys. those guys listening. And as always, Brand, stay medicated.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.